Good morning to you all. We're so glad that you've joined us again today. We're now in the countdown, looking forward for the soon reopening when we will be able to get together in person again. We are declaring in faith now that lockdowns will be a thing of the past. We were able to meet for our Monday prayer time in person last week, and what a joy it was to be together in God's presence. So firstly today, let me wish all fathers a very happy Father's Day. We're so blessed to have so many fathers and grandfathers in our community of believers at Elam. Please know today that you are loved and appreciated. I know that so many of you expend a lot of your time and energy being devoted to your family. Let me say that I feel this brings great delight to the heart of God. He himself is, as the song says, a good, good father. He is the pattern for fatherhood. Know today that his blessing is on you. I've really been taken up with Pastor Joel's last two messages on unity. I believe that the Spirit is saying that it's time we got this right. John 17, as Joel quoted, is such an important piece of word. Jesus' high priestly prayer just before going to his death. He prayed that they may be one, even as we are one. This was, if you like, his last will and testament. In the natural, when a last will and testament is read by a lawyer, the family gather together with great interest because they wonder what's in it for them. Well, my friends today, what's in his prayer for us? Let me say great extraordinary blessing as we surrender to coming into the unity of the Spirit. I find it quite sobering that this prayer of Jesus basically still has to be answered. Oh yes, there is a semblance of unity, but I think it's correct to say there is still more oneness for us to come into. The world around us operates in disunity from governments on down. That's why our unity cannot be based on our agreement or disagreement with world issues. The church cannot or should not come under the same category of disunity because quite simply our credibility and our influence as his body will be sorely affected and our witness severely restrained in its declaration. So in our quest to come into greater and godly unity, I'm just going to point out first today a rather obvious thing. We cannot be in unity with others if we are not in unity with ourselves as a person. What do I mean by this? Well, James in his epistle writes quite graphically about the double-minded person. He says that such a person is unstable in all his ways. For example, one day declaring how wonderful Jesus is, the next day full of doubt and unbelief, hot for God one day, lukewarm the next. One day saying, I'm committed to the body of believers. The next day, not caring if I ever go back into fellowship. Up one day, down the next. Instability. Double-mindedness. How many know today that the brain doesn't function well when it's fragmented? To overcome this double-mindedness, such a person has to absolutely understand and believe in whose hands they have committed their lives into. 
the Apostle Paul was quite clear when he wrote, I know who I believed in, and I'm persuaded that he, that's Jesus, is able to keep me, able to keep what I've committed to him until the day of the Lord. So if you're finding yourself being double-minded in your thinking even today, make a commitment to him saying, Lord, I'm committed to you and to your ways. I believe in you. I belong to you. You are my hope in this world. I want to be single-minded in following you and being a living member of your body. When we come into agreement with the Holy Spirit regarding ourselves personally, it should be easier then to come into the corporate unity of the Spirit. Now, I'm sure you would agree with me today that we are to be one in the Spirit in those things that are foundational truths, those things that are in His Word. See, there are minor issues that we can really get caught up with, but we have to realize this, that they really are just that, minor issues, and so often are not a part of the gospel. Let's see what the Word says. I want to draw your attention today to a marvelous scripture found in Ephesians 4. We will read verses 3 to 6. Make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace, each individual working together to make the whole successful. There is one body of believers and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. He is actually giving us right here in these short few verses the recipe for true unity and oneness of the Spirit. What he is getting at is that we must preserve and believe wholeheartedly those things listed here. And there are seven things, by the way. We could say this is a sevenfold oneness. These are the things that are meant to unite us. Nothing less, nothing more. What a relief this is. These things are the foundations of our belief system and what will enable us to grow in Christ both corporately and personally. This is where our hope lies and what a wonderful hope we have. Yes, there is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism and one Father over all. Our belief in this is what makes us the called out ones, the chosen, yes, even the peculiar people, the living stones fitly framed together, which make up the whole. This is the purity of the gospel. This is Christianity at its core. I want to encourage you this morning, don't fret if you don't agree wholeheartedly with someone else that has an opinion about various other things, like for example, what food you should be eating or not eating, which clothes you should wear, etc., etc. The list could go on. This is not the gospel. That is quite simply majoring on minor issues that have absolutely nothing to do with what Paul is stating here. Those other things are merely fringe elements, those things which are of the earth, earthly. This thesis of Paul, however, is of a heavenly, eternal nature. Jesus himself said very clearly, my kingdom is not of this world. We need to know today what is needed to bring us into the unity of the Spirit and what is most definitely not required. 
These are the elements of oneness. See, if, the, if there were two lords, there would be, of course, a division into two parties. The same would apply to two faiths and two baptisms. If there were two fathers, there would be two families. And the Lord has clearly stated that we are one family in Christ Jesus. In our natural family life, of course, there are sometimes disagreements and different ways of thinking. However, having raised three sons, at times, yes, there would be strong disagreements. They didn't agree with each other all the time. But should anyone else try and get between them, look out. Why? Well, they have the same blood coursing through their veins. They are first and foremost brothers, and no one is allowed to get between them. There is a deep abiding love and commitment to each other. How much more so then in the family of God? Yes, we are together in Him. One family. Hallelujah. We have been joined together, bonded together by the shedding of the blood of Jesus. So now we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. This is family bonding at its best. This wonderful piece of scripture is not merely an exhortation. I see it as a declaration of oneness in Christ Jesus. There's obviously more than, that we could expound on here. Time won't permit. We aren't even scratching the surface of this revelation. However, the takeaway today is this, that we get a clear picture of the oneness that Paul is speaking about and what Jesus prayed in his high priestly prayer. And the unity of the Spirit is not rocket science. It's simply coming into a strong and firm belief that we have been ransomed, set apart, built together, living stones in the edifice that the Lord is building for His glory, coming into a wonderful oneness, one in declaration that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father over us all, the family of God. There is such a misconception, even among Christians, that somehow or other we have to believe in all issues exactly the same. That there has to be a conformity of belief in all things. Let's be realistic today. That's never going to happen. And in fact, doesn't need to. There's more disunity being stirred up today about minor issues and way not enough belief in what the scriptures have to say regarding coming into His oneness. I so believe that as we lean into these true things and not waver from them, our oneness will grow and strengthen. It will become a holy standard of truth among us. The enemy cannot attack the Word of God. Actually, the Word renders the enemy useless. See, we know that forever His Word is settled in heaven. It's changeless. It cannot fade. And it takes us who believe from strength to strength. I'm settled in His written Word today and take great courage from it. My prayer is that you also will find yourselves settled in it. Jesus Himself said when being tempted by the devil, It is written. We put our hope today in what the Holy Spirit has written. As I said at the beginning, the countdown is on to be able to meet in person in the next few weeks. I'm sensing strongly that these last few messages on unity is what the Spirit is saying to the church at this time. In a sense, being apart from each other has caused us to come to an understanding of how much we need each other. 
The fact is that there is a fight going on continually because it is in our human nature to create tribes. Ever since the Tower of Babel, over here, for example, a group of people who believe this way or that way or band together to build something because they personally feel it's a good thing to do. So it's imperative that as we get back together, we make a deliberation to stand together markedly within these foundational truths. These truths inspired by the Holy Spirit, which we hold dear, holding firm in our belief to refuse to accept any other so-called lower gospel, which can breed disunity. We used to sing a song some years ago titled, We Stand Together. There was a line in that song which always used to speak to me so clearly, and it was this. Differences forgotten in the face of his begotten son, Jesus Christ our Lord. As I said a few minutes ago, this high priestly prayer of Jesus has still to be fully answered. We're not seeing it yet, or still, the world is not seeing it and are largely not being influenced by a body on the earth which is one. I believe wholeheartedly, however, that this will happen as we and myriads of others will come to believe in the wonderful revelation of the Spirit here, as the Apostle Paul wrote. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all. Let's pray together. I want to leave you with a blessing. I'm going to include Psalm 133 in my prayer. It's a psalm of oneness and blessing. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Lord, we are in awe of you and your word. We believe that you desire greatly that your high priestly prayer of oneness take root firmly in your body on the earth. We ask for your forgiveness today if we have downgraded what you really are saying about coming into the unity of the Spirit. You have called us into a high calling. We don't want to relegate your oneness to anything less than what you have purposed. May we ever remember and have this truth deeply rooted into us that we are in Christ, children of the same Father, married to the same bridegroom, one family in you. We are sensing that you're going to move mightily in the days ahead as we come into the newness of what it really means to be moving together in the unity of the Spirit. May it be to us, O Lord, according to your word. Amen. If you need prayer this week, you can go to Elim Online and get in touch with us. We would be honored to be able to pray with you. Again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Have a blessed week and remember, you are loved.